Welcome to the Creatio No Code Playbook Podcast, where we will discuss insights, tips, and success stories on how to leverage the no code approach to transform business and deliver applications of any complexity. I'm your host, Jason Miller, No Code Evangelist and Vice President of Revenue Operations here at Creatio. Today, I am happy to be joined by Carl Dixon. He is a director at CVM People, a leading technology consulting and business strategy consulting firm that is a partner with Creatio out of the UK. Welcome, Carl. Hi, Jason. Thank you ever so much for having me. Now, where in the UK are you located, if you don't mind telling everybody? Sure. So, so we are in Hampshire. So we're we're about uh, about an hour west of of London, um, and uh, yeah, we've offices here. I'm at our offices in Basingstoke. Most of our people are kind of spread out, as things tend to be now. So we've got a, a team of people that are in Basingstoke. We've got people kind of up north and over in the West Country and all over the joint. They all tend to sort of coalesce around a client site when they're needed. Yeah, I, uh, I had the opportunity to visit London for my second time and. Got to go up to a prospective client uh, well north of London here just a couple weeks ago. It was nice. I got I enjoyed being out of the city and up in the country. So when when we think about when we think about all of the work that you guys do, specifically in the strategic consulting area, what are some of the most common challenges or questions that you're hearing from customers as they think about digital transformation? Yeah, sure. So, so look, I, you know, I think these are probably things that people in our space would all be will be quite familiar with hearing. Uh, we tend to come across, it comes in various sort of permutations, but really companies worrying about customer profitability. I think there's a, there's an element to that, of course, which is around service and experience, but, but also an element particularly where we, we tend to see there's a lot of work re- required is, is around sort of data monetization, understanding of data. And, and of course, then, uh, 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 kind of maximizing the investment in their technology. So if we think about that kind of customer interaction layer across marketing, sales and service, quite often that is, um, either missing big chunks. That's quite common, of course. Or it's kind of ossified. You know, it's sort of, it's, you know, it's, it's large, difficult, um, uh, uh, pieces of software with, with lots of sort of complex integrations and whatnot. And actually what that does is it, is it stops companies from being able to sort of iterate, you know, test, learn, optimize, move on and kind of quickly work through a lot of the thinking and experiments and uh, just tests that you might want to try when you're figuring out what works in terms of better managing your customer profitability. So you, you mentioned a couple of things there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hone in on the last one to start with, which was the ability to test out and the, the, the ability to change and be nimble and adjust um, given the changing market conditions that we all face globally. How, how is, you know, and I know you've done, you've worked with some pretty big names um, in the past. How is, you know, things like no-code technology and, and the ability to quickly prototype solutions really help benefit your customers? Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be enormous, right? I, you know, I think we, um, so we are, we are ourselves a reasonably small company because of what we do. We tend to punch well above our weight, really, in terms of the sorts of companies we work with, which is lovely. Um, and, and those companies, you know, that they, the, the challenges they certainly tend to have, as, as I've mentioned, tend to skew more, less on the missing pieces and more on the massive solutions that are very, very difficult to, uh, get anything done on, frankly. So I, th- this uh, this move towards no code and, and particularly kind of you know no code uh, you know process automation and whatnot is is huge. I think um, when you're looking at the the kind of politics and the 
the, the, the kind of cultural challenges perhaps around how, how, how you get a chunk of the business working with the right part of IT uh, and getting them aligned around sort of thinking and timelines and budgets and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Actually, that becomes really, really challenging. And, and, and with something like no code where you can rapidly deploy a, a, a solution, a prototype solution, you know, it could be completely rough around the edges, but you can deploy it really quickly and you can control it without the need to resort to some big IT offshore services and, and horrible kind of tickets and SLAs and all the rest of it. And then, of course, you can, you can, you can change it so quickly. You can iterate it so quickly from within the team, within the project itself. Again, without kind of recourse to, oh, well, our development budget is on this and this and this. And so I think the, you know, the ability to, I mean, there's two things. There's, 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 the route that leads to actually the enterprise solution there, you know, over time it iterates and iterates, it evolves and evolves, it gets better and better and better. And then there is the, uh, the route to it, it leads to perhaps the enterprise design, right? So perhaps that's the, you know, they're not capable of taking it all the way through to, com- to completion and, and, and embedding it into the sort of business as usual environment. But in terms of being able to provide something to that sort of larger corporate governance, IT governance layer, that really can't be confused or misunderstood or misconstrued because it's designed, it exists there already within a system that can then be taken and properly embedded. I think those those kind of two outcomes are, 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 are both very viable, but particularly it's that process around business users, uh, uh, you know, being able to just kind of take away the pain of having to wait for, you know, for, for, for development resource or, or, or dealing with things that they just fundamentally are not geared to understand because it's not their, their job to understand it and be able to solutionize and improve things themselves. I, th- I think is enormous. I think it's massive. Now, Carl, you mentioned so many great talking points there and, and let's, let's, let's revisit a couple of things you talked about because they're, 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 you know, they're, we, we talk about the no code approach all the time, right? And Catherine and Burley talked about it in the book. It's, the ability to faster to start, faster to finish, right? Chapter 12 is completely dedicated to prototype to MVP, right? So as we're empowering this next generation of developers, citizen developers, or we call them no-code creators, the ability to rapidly empower them, give them the tools, the governance, the structure to be able to solve some of these problems, because you mentioned it. A lot of times you get these IT backlogs that are 12, 18, 24 month backlogs or longer, right? People just have these challenging budgets that they just can't solve these problems for. So they, they, they look at ways to empower citizen development. Um, it, it's extremely powerful from a business outcome perspective. Now, you also talked about budget. And, and I think budget is a topic that's on everybody's mind for a variety of reasons. Um, if, we, if we look at some of the largest organizations in the world are laying off right now because they're concerned about their bottom line, right? So they're looking to cut costs. In your mind, how can no-code technology adoption, or how can no-code technology adoption, and how can this process help them impact their bottom line in a positive manner without necessarily sacrificing and losing all of that knowledge that they're seeing walk out of the door right now? Yeah, so I, I, <laughs> that's a very good question. I, I think it's I think there's a couple of immediate things that spring to 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 mind, and that is. Um, that engagement with IT, if you're if you are properly embracing the philosophy that that was laid out so so, so well in, in that book, of course, 
uh, of the, the citizen developers and getting your, your, you know, your, your people up to speed, your business subject matter experts up to speed and, 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 and expanding on those teams. Um, then really, I think what you, what you're also doing is you're, you're empowering that one side of the equation, this sort of business and IT equation. But I think if you're doing it properly, you're also moving IT sort of up the value chain, really. You know, there is still that, of course, that need. Business users, in my experience, they, they don't have the kind of uh, systemic ways of thinking that are so important for robust solutions, technical solutions, right? And I think getting that balance right is really key. So I think if you can, if you can keep and engage, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of high, high value elements of IT, but then not be so dependent on the, uh, you know, like I said, elements like large sort of, you know, perhaps outsourced development engines and uh, all of that sort of delay. Actually, you're, you're able to, 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 to bring the best bits of both worlds together uh, and, and quickly kind of build out these solutions. I mean, I, obviously, I've seen firsthand since I started working with Creatio just how much you can do with how little. Like, I've never seen such, um, like, tight, small teams deliver functionality so quickly and so flexibly. You know, that was really a key for us uh, kind of being very excited to pursue a partnership with you guys because we were just blown away. You know, we've heard people talk about no code and all the rest of it, you know, to a greater or lesser extent. But seeing it in action was just like, wow. Yeah, I think that's the way most, most people feel when they when they actually see or, or, or get their hands on because they're so used. We, we've been so programmed, whether we're from the business side or the IT side. You and I both come from the business side not from the IT side, but we've been so programmed over the last 20, 30 years to think about things in a, either a waterfall or maybe, uh, you know, some sort of agile or agile framework that when we start talking about being able to deliver everyday value, I mean, we've got customers that are deploying three times a week to production. Why? Because they're focused on the small, significant value add chunks where they can iterate quickly. They don't have to worry about the governance, the architecture, because the platform takes care of itself. The governance app that we've launched within Creatio allows you to track, manage, run real-time application audits so that you don't have to worry about not complying with your global GRC. So all of these things are blowing people away um, every single day. But I, I want to I focus back in on the methodology for just a minute. And, and, you know, whether we talk about the fact that it's been waterfall and then agile and now with the no-code playbook, we talk about the no-code approach. It's changing the way people have to think. For two reasons. One, you're empowering a new generation of developers, citizen developers, you know, no code creators. They're, they're not folks that have grown up in the world of application development, just like you and I did, but yet we're expected to know it. How do you feel no code technology is really helping bridge that gap, as you called it earlier, to help make sure that these pro devs and the citizen devs can work hand in hand effectively and efficiently? Yeah, I think um, it's funny. You, you often see when you do, you know, you do these sort of projects involving a system or some sort of IT, you know, uh, uh, component. You, you, you quite—it's quite common to, to find someone that, and let's take something totally kind of obscure and even separate to kind of what we're talking about CRM. My my wife, in fact, uh, she is now a, an architect, a SAP architect. She was an HR talent manager. But she's got the right mindset, right? And when her company went through that change, she uh, just fell in love with the system and what you can do with it and all the rest of it. And I think those people, and there's always a couple, if teams are big enough, right? They, um, they, they, they will take to no code, 
right? And it's not a, it's not then a case perhaps of a big, you know, a huge shift in career and all the rest of it, but actually they can, you know, they can become these sort of these hybrid experts where they can, uh, you know, they, they can not only do the job that they, they were doing, but they can also massively influence the effectiveness, you know, the efficacy of, of their job and everyone else's by turning their expertise into, into systematized solutions for them and their colleagues. And I think that's fantastic. And I think those, you know, those people that, you know, they, they sort of have that natural aptitude for understanding data, understanding frameworks and processes, et cetera, et cetera. And they, and, 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 and the no code environment gives them almost a common language with professional developers, you know, and, and I don't mean like a development language. I, I mean, you know, a common tongue, a way of communicating, a way of understanding each other and each other's worlds where actually you can, you know, gone are the days where it's like, Oh, here's a workbook, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Developer. You know, hopefully in three weeks time or three months time, when I see the outcome of that, it looks something like what was in my head. Actually, you can, you know, you can sit there and build these tangible assets together, right? Uh, you know, with input from both sides to, to, to make the, make the best possible kind of outcome. And I think in that way, it's, you know, it's, it's hugely powerful. There's a lot of potential there for bringing those kind of two worlds together. So you mentioned the language thing. I also always, when I talk to folks, I always think about when we were kids, you used to play that telephone game, right? So the first person would tell the next person, would tell the next person. By the time it got all the way around the circle, the message that was first delivered when it got back to that first person, it was nothing what was even said. In some aspects, the application development world has been like that for the last 30 years as well, because you had the business user, which then gave the requirements to some sort of business analyst who then translated into what they thought you know, the systems analysts, the architects and the developers needed. And then by the time it went up and down several times, by the time it got back to the business user, how many times have we sat in a, in a development cycle? It's like, this is nothing like I wanted. And, and, and you bring up that good point. So shortening that chain and, and taking, the, taking the, the back and forth and, and the translation pieces away by giving them a common framework that they both understand, I think is hugely valuable. Um, it, you don't need citizen developers to be able to know Python or know Java or know C Sharp. Why? Because the platform does that language translation for them. They say, I want this element here. I want to click a button that does this, and they're able to do that. So we've got, uh, we've got about three, four minutes left here. I want, to, I want to ask you a couple of specific examples for the work that you guys are doing right now. And I know that you've got some great customers with Creatio already. Um, over there in the UK. What are some of the things that you're hearing from those customers? The initial feedback as you're, as you're beginning work and getting through those first few use cases with them. So as, as I'm sure you know, and I'm sure people listening to this will go, oh, yeah. Uh, when, you're, when you're delivering in a, you know, an agile way, more or less, you know, you're sort of taking things through from a sort of idea to a prototype to an MVP, um, people, people love that idea. And then they're confronted with the reality of that idea. And that is, you know, of course, the bare bones of the system, right? Uh, and I'm talking very specifically about companies for whom Agile is not a normal way of working. You know, people who are going through that maturity curve as well as a new system, right? So a lot to take in. And I'm talking about users here as well. You know, people could be hands-on with the tool. Um, what's been absolutely fantastic with, with Creatio is how quickly you can continue to evolve it, right? So as you see that, they go, oh, that's not, oh, did I want that? Is that okay? And you go, that's fine, don't worry about it. Boom, 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 boom. There we go, change, sorted. And I think that 
you know, the first time people experience it, and what's really important uh, to, to, for that buy-in, for that excitement, right, to keep that kind of spark there is kind of very rapid closed loops, right? This isn't right, this isn't working, this date is wrong, can this do this? Mm, I thought I wanted this, but now I want that. And to, to, for users to be able to see a gallop, right, you know, of, of this stuff, you know, you mentioned some people doing releases every three times a week kind of thing, you know, for people to see, oh my gosh, this thing just developed so quickly. Oh my God, everything I need is, be, is being delivered. And, you know, there has to be, there is a gap between MVP and, you know, phase three, end system, whatever it might be, right? And, and you have to kind of fill that gap initially with faith, right? With, you know, people have to believe that their efforts are going to be rewarded and that, you know, the mistakes that happen along the way, the times the data fails to load, that, you know, all the usual system stuff, it's all worth it and it can be fixed quickly and it's not the end of the world. And actually the, the ability to so quickly either fix things or add new things or honestly, like, you know, create really cool stuff they didn't even think of, right? You know, capture, those are always the really nice bits. When, when you hear the sort of griping and the complaining about something when you're sat in the contact center or sat with the sales guys, then you come in a week later and go, we've delivered all of those things you asked for. Oh, and by the way, what do you think of this? And they go, oh my God, this is incredible. <laughs> so I think that, you know, that's very, very unique to, to, to the way Creatio works, to that no code kind of composable uh, philosophy that, you, that you're chasing, I think. Yeah, and we hear that story consistently. And whether it's whether it's large enterprises, you know, corporate customers, SMB, B two B, B two C, the story is very consistently the same. You know, we've got we've got customers that are you know Fortune one hundred customers around the world, and 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 they're they're amazed at how fast and how cheap things are compared to say some of our competitors, whether it's in the no code or the CRM space. Then yet. And there's other customers that are smaller customers that are so much focused on, you know, I really need this very niche, very specialized, very custom piece because I want it my way and I want it now. But you're able to deliver value like like you do for your uh, your wine friends over there in the UK, right? So um, when it's when it when it comes to flexibility, speed, time to market, no code technology, at least in my mind, and I think you'd agree really provides kind of the best of all worlds when it comes to being able to meet that speed and time to market, as well as those niche custom um, things that were only available via custom app dev in the past. And I think no code solves for a lot of that. I've got one final parting question for you, my friend, and it's, I'm going to ask you to give your, your words of advice on a topic here. So if you were talking to anyone out there, from a pot- potential customer standpoint that's evaluating technology as part of their digital transformation process. What would you recommend the key factors are that they think about when choosing their next technology platform when it comes to whether CRM or application development? What are those key little elements you want to leave with them? Hmm, yeah, okay. I think there can be a lot of a lot of focus on the on, on what comes back from the vendors you go to and yes of course you're selecting technology that's absolutely important but but so often we see people failing to understand the importance of clearly articulating the need 
Um, and, and, you know, so, so, so they're, they're stumbling at the first step, effectively. You know, when they are putting together their document packs or their requests, whatever it might be, for CRMs or marketing automation technology, they, they are failing to be super clear in what their objectives are and what their, what their needs and dependencies and, and, and that are. So I would say that, I mean, is something that we just see almost every time we look at it. That's key. Uh, that's, a, that's, that's a big issue. But then in terms of, uh, in terms of what you're looking for in your, in your technologies, and, and you're the, the most important one for me, the most important one in any project, but specifically where you're investing heavily in technologies, can you own the final outcome? Yeah? Can, is the technology set up right? Is, it, is, the, is the philosophy behind the vendor such that you can deliver the value you need, the solution you need, in a way that does not end up with you on the hook to an outrageously expensive managed service for the next five or six years until someone else comes in and goes, no, that's too much. We're going to rip that out and start the cycle all over again. That would be my big one, is making sure that you've got a partner that is invested in you being able to own that change and successfully take it forward under your own steam. I appreciate that. I think that's uh, extremely valuable insight. And it's one of the things that Creatio really focuses on is that genuine care aspect and making sure that we partner with organizations from beginning to end. Carl, I want to thank you for your time today. I mean, we know that there's a lot of hype about no-code development. I think you're living proof and your customers are living proof that the benefits are real. Uh, for those of you who are watching us today, and I hope you like this video, please don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel for more. And for those that are listening to us on your favorite podcast station, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, many more, please make sure that you check it out and make sure that you subscribe for more updates. To get more information about the products and services that Creatio offers, please visit www.creatio.com. And for more insights, check out our no-code events page. Until next time, we'll see you soon.